Hello, dear listeners. How are you? Um, I'm very glad to be here with you with another radio show of Haraid and Olad, a special program struggling with dealing with Chinuch Yiladim. Um, here with you, Abraham Barzilag, and this is a live broadcast. Um, today is November 25th. And um, today, Be'ezrat Hashem, I would like um, to be concentrated on one of the very important topics, very important um, angle when we're approaching to the project which called Chinuch Yaladim. It's not a simple thing because people used to get the concept of raising children like uh, education. It's like mm, passing information to the child. And actually, in my radio show, we always explaining that Chinuch Yaladim means much more than uh, um, knowledge. It's not giving knowledge to your child. This is actually the small part of the wide concept of education. When we are talking about Jewish education according the Torah rules. But before we start, the listeners, let me to remind you this. This radio show actually dedicated for you, parents, educators, and you can start and text us from right now a phone number for your questions for texting only, 347-927-8398. That's 347-927-8398. If you want to call in to express your question by your voice, our phone number is 718 Fifty-eight, fifty-eight. Well, the listeners, this week I have a lecture in one of the cities in Israel, and um, <clears throat> people ask me to talk about how we can stop our children, how we can avoid our children from doing bad things, from doing improper things, and actually how we're struggling when we start to behave so, so, so bad that it's, it's, it makes us actually shame. And also, it's uncomfortable to us, and when we are in public, they make, like, shaming for us, and, and we don't know how to deal with it. Then I ask the crowd, I want to ask you a question. Let's take an example, a very simple example. Let's say that you are a heretic, a person, a full person, and you're sitting alone at your home in the Leil Shabbat. The night of Shabbat. And let's say that the situation that you are alone, home alone, and you sit at the table and you're preparing yourself to make the kiddush and to make the Shabbat meal. And suddenly the electric plug, the main electric plug, actually shut down and all your home, the entire home, actually exists in a deep, deep darkness. And then I ask the crowd, tell me, how many chances there are that that average Haredi person will pull the plug up and return the electric, the light on? Who believes that an average Haredi people, when they do such a thing in the middle of Shabbat, when he is home alone, nobody sees him? 
100% of the audience has told me he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. And I fully agree with that. I think that if someone is an average Haredi person, even only that he originals, he wouldn't do it. In spite of he knows that he actually losing his hot meal, he's losing the favorite meal, the favorite um, um, food of him. He will lose the the tune tomorrow morning. You know, some of the <laughs> the men and the the, the, the chamin that the tune is very important to them. When the little baby cries, he wouldn't. He will never wake up. Only mother have to wake up. But in Rosh Shabbat, it's like a miracle. He wake up a few times through the night just to take about to take care about his little baby, which called Chun. He wants to see that he needs a blanket, and maybe the blanket falls down. And he he, he visits him many times all over the night because he want to make sure that everything is okay with his little baby, which called Chun. So he's going to lose his chunt, his kegel, his favorite food. And we all guess that he wouldn't make the little simple action of pulling the plug up, right? We all agree with that. I hope so. Now, then I ask the audience, tell me, what is the barrier? Which thing actually stops him from doing such a thing? Most of people told me this is the concept of Yeracha mind. He knows that in spite of saying that he's home alone, but someone is watching him. Hashem is watching him. And Hashem knows what he's going to do. And he's afraid from Chilul Shabbat because he has Yeracha mind. It sounds in the first sight, it really sounds like a, as a convincing answer. But when you look into it, you find out very quick that it's not because of the U.S. You know why? Because if I take the same person and I ask, let's try to follow his behavior in the entire day, then I can see, you can see that he make a phone call to his friend and then for a long hour they can speak very much Lashon Hara so many times a day, and then I ask, where did Yiracha mind disappear? What happened to Yiracha mind? There is a special, a certain Yiracha mind for Shabbat, and a different Yiracha mind for Lashonara. The same person, when he fallen asleep, he fallen asleep without Kiryachema without Kiryachema on the bed. How he could do that? Where is his Yeracha mind? <laughs> Indeed, we all agree that he's not going to pull the plug up. But tell me, is this because of the Yeracha mind? So when it, it's reached to Ashon Hawa, when it's reached to Kiryacha Ma'amida, when it reached to Benadam Ha'avol, well, the, his Yeracha mind disappeared. So unfortunately, I have to say that it's not because of his Yeracha mind. Then the ODNS asked me, so tell us why he wouldn't do it. And he's ready to lose all his Shabbos meal. That's because he's not going to do it despite that he's all alone. If it's not your mind, so what it is? 
You know what it is? That is what we call self-image. Self-image. I mean, each one of us has a picture of himself, like a mirror, in front, right in front of his eyes. We have like a mirror. And then I ask myself, which kind of personality am I? Do I religious? Maybe I'm secular? Which kind of person am I? And because of his education from his childhood, he internalized the message of, I am Shoiner Shabbat. I'm not Mechalel Shabbat. And if you say I'm not Mechalel Shabbat, Mechalel Shabbat sounds good, right? I'm not Mechalel Shabbat. I'm Yosef? Am I Moshe? Am I Mechalel Shabbat? Do I'm going to pull the plug out? No, it's standing in contrast to my self-image, to the picture that I have on myself. And I see myself under the title of Mechalel Shabbat. It sounds very worrisome to me. But when it's reached to Lashon Hara, Lashon Hara, it's not... I have no picture on myself that I'm not speaking Lashon Hara. No, it's not so scaring me the title of Lashon Hara speakers. No. Then, when he reached to Oshonara, he can speak more and more and more Oshonara, and sometimes it's more important and more uh, prohibited than Shabbat. And he's actually doing it. And he's not feeling that way himself. You know why? Because the thing which stops us from doing improper things by the Torah rules is not at least in the beginning. In the beginning, in the beginning of our spiritual development. It's not starting from Irachamain, it starts from the self-image. You want a proof? I'll give you a proof. Look, let's say that we have a secular person. He's not keeping any rule of the Torah. His favorite habit is every Shabbat, to go to the shore and making barbecue on the shore. Every Shabbat, this is his, um, this is his habit. When Yamaki Purim came, he closed his home and he put off his uh, expensive, um, expensive uh, shoes and he wearing the shoes made of, uh, not, not made of skin, and he came to shul, and he's in psalm, he's not eating, he's not drinking anything. For 25 hours, he's just like an angel, sitting in the shul and reading the text from the siddur, from the master of the tefillah. How it could be? Is it because of his Yerachah mind? What is Yerachah mind we're talking about? Every Shabbat, he's making barbecue on the shore. And to see what you're talking about. Does he have your mind? Definitely not. So why in Yom Kippurim he closed all, all his business and he's sitting for 25 hours in the shul? You know why? Because his previous education, all over his childhood, 
he absorbed the thing that Yom HaKippurim is very, very chamor. It's very scaring concepts. Then he internalized this message. But this message was, was only that message. Not more than that. About Shabbat, the education that he got in his childhood was Shabbat, actually, this is the farm. This is the habit to go to the shore and make barbecue. That's the way he grew up. And there is a person that Yom Kippurim also is not keeping. He's not keeping a Yom Kippurim. But when he has a son, a new baby boy, in the eighth day, he making Brit Milah. And you ask him, why you make Brit Milah? Is that because of his Yiracha mind? He's eating meat. In Yom Kippurim, what Yiracha mind does he have? He's not having Yiracha mind. So why he make Brit Milah to his baby boy? You know why? Because of his self-image. He has a picture on himself. When he was a little child, he absorbed the feeling, the knowledge, the atmosphere of we making Britney laugh to our kids. It's very, very important. But Shabbat, Kippur, even Kippur is not important in his eyes. So you understand, we're not talking about Yerat mind. we're talking about totally different concept, which called self-image or self-esteem. I have a picture on myself, and that picture depends on the way I was growing up all over the years, the years, especially in the early childhood. So, if we got this point, we can make a progress with this knowledge that we just gained. And I tell you what, there was a research. They took a, a person and they put him under hypnosis. And when he was under uh, hypnosis, they told him, we want you in 10 days, 3 hours and 45 minutes, we want you to make your signature on a paper. And then the doctor would wake him up and he was and he wakes up, and actually he, he didn't remember parenting, right? And then they follow him, and after 10 days, 3 hours and 45 minutes, he was sitting in his office, and for no reason he took a note paper, like a, like a mammal paper, and he just make uh, his signature on a paper. Then they figure out that our subconscious has a huge impact on our behavior. And we actually totally not aware of that. But our subconscious has a critical impact on our behavior. And who knows how many behaviors of us actually impacted by our subconscious. What is the concept of self-image? Self-image in another word is Self-conscious. Let's say, for example, you know, a few years ago, few years ago, I was sitting in a train station in Be'er Sheva, one of the big cities in Israel, in South of Israel. Then I was sitting on a bench. I was waiting to the train. Then I saw one guy. He was a young guy. 
and he was passing through in front of my eyes, and I saw him holding with his, with, with his two hands, he was holding a pita with falafel, with a great, with a great falafel, great pita, and all his head was inside the pita. And the trina, you know, it's, <laughs> it's going out of the pita and, 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 and spinning all over. Very, very, very embarrassed uh, view. Then I saw him, and I saw him eating and eating and eating, and no cares about anyone. Then I asked myself, why he did it? Why he did it? You know why? Because he has a picture on himself. In his internal uh, uh, picture on himself, he looked at himself like, I'm not important enough. I'm not so important. I'm not so respected. That's why I let myself to do such a thing. This is, of course, not a matter of your actual mind. Also, you can see on other people, even a secular people, they wouldn't eat such a way in public. And why? Not because of the Yacha mind, because the picture of myself inside my heart. Each one of us has kind of image, how do I look like in my eyes? And this is a matter of subconscious. If my subconscious, I'm holding a picture in my subconscious, subconscious, I'm holding a picture of importantness, of I am harsh. I'm not cheap, cheap guy. I'm, 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 I'm really respected in my eyes, in my internal view, in my inner perception, that no matter how, how hungry I will be, even if I be very, very hungry, I'm not going to eat such a way in public. And it's not a matter of Yerat Shammayim. We have to remember that it's not a matter of Yerat Shammayim. Now, the question is, what kind of subconscious we actually built to our children right now at this moment? I mean, let's say that you have a son 10 years old. Or 15 years old, okay? 15 years old. Now, he actually mixed with two parts. He has his conscious, his logical side. When you're talking with him, you can make an intellectual conversation with him, and he knows how to use his conscious. But what about his subconscious? When did it build? You know when did it build? It built since he born till he reached to 10 years old. So we have 10 years that over those 10 years he actually built it. He built his subconscious, right? Because when a little baby boy born out to the world, he just born, he has no subconscious, right? Now from his first day on earth, he starts to build his subconscious. Subconscious actually is many, many experiences, many, many new knowledge that's actually getting deep, 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 deep in our soul that we actually forget about it. We don't remember anything from the subconscious, and we cannot take anything from the deep subconscious to make it, to upload it to our conscious. That's what meaning subconscious, right? So cut 
subconscious is actually a collection of members of members of memory. I meant to say memories. It's a collection of memories and experiences that we actually totally forgot about. But it became part, integral part of our soul. So I believe that 10, the first 10 years of, of a child, actually is, 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 is long enough to collect many, many experiences, many, many uh, um, adventures, many, many, many memories to build subconscious. And the question is, which memories were getting deep, deep, deep down in our child's brain and will become part of his subconscious. If we have the seichel, the dot, to create an atmosphere of respectful, when you start to proceed in your house an attitude of respectful, you have the way you're talking to your child even if you're angry with him, even if you, you have to criticize him, but the question is how you do that. Do you have some red lines that you're not crossing that, these red lines? I mean, we have to take a decision. I will never call my child dummy or stupid or what have you done? There's some sentences that we actually erase them out of our lexicon. If we have some red lines that no matter what happens, I don't use these words in my house, we have a great chances to create an atmosphere of attitude. Attitude, I mean, attitude of respectful. When you growing up, children in a respected atmosphere, they will be a respected personality. A child who's grown up in a nice home will be nice personality. A child who grew up in a calm and relaxed home will be calm personality. But on the other hand, a child who grew up in a nervous house, in a house with attitude of humiliation, he will be the same personality. He will be nervous personality. He will be personality which humiliating every everybody around him. We actually start to build our children's subconscious in the early years of their childhood. And we have to be smart enough to give the right, to give the right attention to our children because we want to raise them as well. Let's say that your child took here and there something that it's not belong to him, which we used to call the thief. He's not a thief. You don't like yourself to think about him that he is a thief. Because if you convince yourself that he is a thief, that's the way you're going you're gonna, to uh, give him 
that kind of attention of a thief, that's the way you're going to behave to him. I mean, if you see that he buys something, you ask him, where did you get it from? Did you took from my pocket? If you took from my wallet, I'm going to take it. And we start a huge investigation with father and mother and asking witnesses in the home. We're actually expressing attention of, of suspicion. We always suspect him. Then you will really start to develop a behavior of a thief. And it's really dangerous. Most of the critical issue, the issue is not the problem. It's not a trigger. The issue is the, the way we respond to the fact that we discover in our children. That we don't like it. I agree. It really, really depends on how we react when we discover something bad in our children's behavior. But if you give it faith, if you trust him, despite the fact that you know that he took over here, over there, he's stealing things, you know it, but you, you, you make the choice to ignore that and to be concentrated on the good, on the positive side of my children. And I hold this perception tight, very tight. I do not let myself to think negative thoughts on my children, then automatically I start to express respect and trust attitude to my child, and automatically my child starts to get back on track. It's really important to know that. Well, the listeners, as I told you, this radio show actually dedicated for you. So let me to invite you to keep and send us your text messages with your questions. Um, a phone number for texting is 347-927-8398. That's 347-927-8398. If you want to call in, a phone number is 718-683-5858. Now, the other Shem, we're going to a small musical break, and then right after that, we'll give you some details, and we mention my next visit in January, the Zata Shem in Brooklyn. So stay with us to hear more details about my next visit to Pazakusha.
<laughs> well, the listeners, welcome back. Uh, before we read uh, your text messages um, that you sent us to 347-927-8398, let me to remind you that Bezat Hashem in about uh, one month and a half, um, in about um, January 15th, I will be in New York for two weeks, um, especially in Brooklyn. And we have a series of lectures about Bezat Hashem. Um, uh, we will post our lecture schedule on my website and uh, by JRIC Radio, of course. And um, many, many lectures are actually dealing with the most sensitive issues uh, that we have on the Chinuch And I know it's not so simple. Um, actually, each one of us who has the experience when when things start getting bad, to be bad, it's not so simple to struggle with. And we actually found ourselves that we need some help sometimes. That's what the Pasuk says. It means each one can help to. We have the mitzvah to help to one another. But when I have something that I really don't know what to do, I get consulted from someone else. And when someone else has something that he doesn't know what to do, he asks his friends, and then actually the entire Am Israel actually complete one another, so we all together have um, the, the Shalemut of Amitrae. So, um, the listeners, we have a special, few special workshops, and I want to invite you uh, to join to my uh, workshop in uh, New York. We have one workshop in Brooklyn and one workshop in Massey. It's actually three sessions that we will talk about the most critical issues with the kids, like discipline, like the self-image, like how we're struggling with when the kids are lying to us. What we can do if, if, if I go to my children, that my child, that he, he stole some things from, from the grocery, from the neighbors, from my back, how do I have to react to this, uh, actually, uh, um, Effect, and we will speak about the self-confidence uh, of a child. How we can uh, increase our children's self-confidence, and we're talking about many, many issues. It's a three-session uh, with a time for questions and answers, and the uh, Zavashem. It's going to be um, in Mansi and in Brooklyn. Now, I'm going to give you a phone number to get in contact. Um, our contact uh, woman in Mansi, if you want to register, register yourself, uh, or if you're living in Mansi and you want to schedule uh, an appointment with me um, in Mansi, the phone number for the workshop and private consultation in Mansi is 845 596 Eighty-two, eight four five five nine six nine six eighty-two. That's for Matthew. If you want to set an appointment in Brooklyn, Flatbush, you can do it by Ilana. Her phone number three four seven 
347-701-7588. I repeat that, 347-701-7588. Also, um, you can reach Mrs. Maytal um, for register yourself to our wire trap or to schedule an appointment. Um, now it's for the workshop uh, in Brooklyn. Her phone number is 917-690-1479. That's 917-690-1439 for the workshop in um, Brooklyn. Um, so the session is going to be in uh, January 15th, so be ready for that. And the lecture will be scheduled, and the Zabashem, we will let you know. Um, we have also a Shabbaton, and we'll pass all details to Zabashem when it's getting more closer. Now, the listeners, before I approach to your questions, I would like to, uh, to complete a picture with one more part that it's really important to know. Let's say that um, my child, uh, he's a bully. He's wild. He's not sensitive. He's not, he's not gentle. And it's really interrupting me. I cannot stand it. It makes me feel bad. And, 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 and I ask myself, why did he develop such a kind of behavior? Where did I wrong? And this is a common mistake that we have the tendency to blame ourselves as a parent, to blame ourselves as parents that actually if my child is a bully, he's a wild, where did I wrong? And I just want to let you know that you didn't wrong of everything. It's not, it, it has nothing to do with you. And we actually don't know what is the good of this bully because we have to check each case deep down because it's very, very individual and nobody can tell you by the phone or, or, or in a lecture, you know, why your child is a bully because, let's say, for example, he feels that he deprived. No, it's not going that way. We have to check very, very deep down, very basic to know where this came from. But now we are on a radio show, and I have to give you some consultation by the radio phone. And the maximum I can tell you, I can give you one advice, that it actually works in any house. Doesn't matter which kind of family you have. Doesn't matter which da or community you came from. No matter anything, it just works, okay? And the advices start to create an atmosphere of a gentle, gentle atmosphere. I mean, just like I said at the beginning, we as a parent have to set red lines for us. I mean, not once, we find ourselves that we, we in our hands actually creating so bad and sorry for for my words, but dirty atmosphere at home. It starts starts 
a little cohesion, and then it's getting to a higher terms, and then getting sometimes to hit your children, and then it's it's just like you were. Chazal says, "Kashat avutra nevitoshal adam yoter mi milchemet magogetzmiyah." That bad atmosphere in personal home—it's worse than. Then go magog war. It, it's really difficult to live at the same home, to share the same house with the kids that actually always making the atmosphere so so negative, so bad. And we as parents have the responsibility to change. Don't. Uh, expect from your child to be the first who made the change because it won't happen. You are the older one, you are the adult, and you have the responsibility to change this atmosphere, and believe me, it's possible. It's not an impossible mission. It's possible. So, first of all, start to build uh, 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 red lines for you, and I'm talking about technical red lines. I mean, take a paper and write bad words that you, as a parent, used to use at your home, and then start to make a mark on them and make a great decision. These ten words will never be said in my home. That is by myself. If my child will say that. This is his business. I mean, if we, as a parent, we will start to make the change. I mean, my son came home and he's very good. What do you have to eat? Oh, you didn't make any cook again. Oh, what a mother you are. And he had a chutzpah. And, and, and really, really, God, that's what we're saying in Hebrew. And then you feel the desire to yell at him, to humiliate him, to criticize him as a natural result, right? According to his words, according to his bully attitude. Stop there and remember those ten words will will never will be never said in my home. Then you must to make your answer more respected, in spite of the fact that he's not deserved to get respected answered, that's right. But you remember, you are the adult one. You have to start the change at your home. You have the responsibility to do that, and you have the obligation to do that, and you have to remember that as a parent. Then you answer him, I'm sorry, Yossi. This is our house. And I, as a mother, I don't owe you anything. If someone owes thing to to someone else, I mean, I believe it should be you. Because <sighs> since I born you, since you born, I fed you, I dressed you, I gave you everything. So I didn't make cook for for lunch. So what? I don't owe you anything. So you said in the fairness, you said actually what you what you wanted to say, but you said it very strictly and very respectfully.
respected. When you start to use only respected words at your home, suddenly you see your son, your daughter, start to develop the same attitude. Next time he wouldn't be so bullied, it's getting, it, it will start to reduce. And it's not a matter of word like that or or word like that. No, it's not a matter of words. It's a matter of atmosphere. I mean, it can express by many, many, many little details about how we give attention to our children, the way we speak, the way we 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 talk to them, the way we even criticize them. There is a respected way. And we have to adopt this, to embrace this respected attitude. In the beginning, it will be very, very hard. It's very difficult to give respected attention to a child who is bullied and he doesn't care of anything and he always makes chutzpah. I know. But don't forget, you are the parent. You are one who listening to our class, right? Your son right now is in a class. He's also learning, but he's not learning the right? right? So you take the responsibility to start to make the change, and believe me, it's in our hands. And not only parents, even teachers. If you're sitting in a classroom, and children are not respecting you. And they're talking to you just like you are an old friend. Don't start to yell at them. It's What are you doing? What is the way you speak to your life? Go home and bring your, your parents to a meeting with me. You will gain nothing that way. If you want to really achieve gain, Hard. Let's say that you have a student. You have a Talmud. And the Talmud came to you, and you are the rabbi, and then in the classroom. And then he put his hand on your shoulder, and he said, How are you, rabbi? What's up? Don't yell at him. Don't criticize him. Just pretend that you are very, very wondering, staring at him. And pretend that you are in shock. And wait for a long, for a long second. And then tell him in a very low voice, almost whisper, I can't believe that's the way you approach to your rabbi. I don't think it's proper. So let me to ignore you right now. I'm not saying this the same response to any student. You remember, in a radio show, I just give general ideas, general advices, not specific uh, orders to a certain teacher because some of the students is going to break them down. Some of them more sensitive, some of them very big chutzpah that you have to put him on his place, okay, to demonstrate him. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You go so far. You cross the limit. I just should suggest to you, and I'm trying to, to
to explain the idea behind the things. I mean, he came with the bully and angry attitude. Hey, Rabbi, what's up? You don't laugh. If you yell at him, if you criticize him, if you send him to the principal, what have you gained? You're on the same page, you're on the same playground. You also bully, but you are a ra bully rabbi, but you have a special tools like sending to the principal, like brings his parents a meeting, and he has the chutzpah for each one, and he's private tools of war. But you also warrior. <laughs> that's not that's not that's not the way. The way is when you start to awake his gentle personality which actually falls back sleep during the years. And then you look at him for a long second and then you almost whisper, I don't believe that what he does to you, Rabbi. Just that big pleasure. Then he starts to awake. <gasps> oh, what have I done? Even if you not see that on his face, but that's the little feeling would actually sneak it into his heart. It's very low level, but during the times when and you keep the same response to this situation, person actually start to internalize. And he will say to himself, what's going with me? Each time I approach to my rabbi that hooked the way, I feel so embarrassed. So he will make the choice to change his way, and this is the real main gain here. Because if he changed his behavior just because of me or because he's scaring of my punishment, it's not good. Maybe outside in the practical of his way. But it's not a truth. It's a real change start from his own if he really make the choice. I want to change my behavior. That's the best thing we can do with our children. To make them want to change their way. That's it. And this is the secret. This is the secret of the Hinoch. People think that Hinoch, we have children's behavior. Think. There is no such a thing, it's, in, it's an illusion. If you hurt someone who tells you, you have to take control of your children, you have to control their life, and you make the change. But if it's all up to you, he's lying to you, or because he's so innocent, or, or, or he's so naive, and he's here. It's not true. The only way you can help your children to change his way, to change his behavior from negative to positive is just by stimulating him. For a child to behave as well, to be way, when you show him how much his eyes 
and what a nice attitude he gets from you. This is the only way you may impact his mind that he will want to make the change. But he is the only one who could take care, who could take action in his life. In the beginning of Yeshiva, I had many, many conflicts and very, very, uh, many, many spiritual conflicts and, 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 and spiritual difficulties, which is actually part of any Bakhur Yeshiva. And I remember that I was talk, I was speaking through the phone with my mother. She passed away. And she always tell you one thing. We, the parents, we just to put you on the horse, to set the seats on the horse for you as well. To put you on the horse in a good position. We can make all preparation for you to race with the horse. But the only one who can hit the horse and start to race is only you. Nobody can do it instead of you. And I remember this smart sentence and it's actually going with me to everywhere all through the years. You can help your child. You can stimulate him. You can convince him by your behavior how much is good to keep a gentle and sensitive behavior, respected behavior, you, got, you just have the ability to convince him. But the only one who hit the horse and start to race would be your son, only your son. Nobody can make the work instead of the child. And we have to remember that. Well, the listeners... <clears throat> One more radio show of Harvard and a lot is coming to its end. Let me to remind you that we have a workshop the Zadashan in Manti. If you want to register yourself, you can call eight four Yeah, I'm sorry for that. You can call uh, 845-9696-82. That's for registration to our workshop in Muncie. 845-596-9682. If you want to register yourself to our three-session workshop in Flatbush in Brooklyn, phone number of Natal 917 Six nine zero one four three nine. It's nine one seven six nine zero one four three nine. If you want to set uh, um, an appointment with me in January when I will be in New York, or if you want to arrange a lecture in your home, in your community, in your school, call to Mrs. Ilana. Her phone number three four seven. Seven zero one seven five eight eight. That's three four seven seven zero one seven five eight eight. 
Dear listeners, I would like to give a great thanks to Iran Jacob, who is taking care of the technical side of this radio show. Thank you very much, Iran. And I would like uh, to thank uh, Mrs. Ilana for the arrangement to my next visit, visit in New York. And I would like to thank Mr. Mr. Mazari, the manager of this radio station. And I would like to wish you all, dear listeners, that very, very good Chinuch Yeladin and Yeshuot, the Hatzlachot of everything for the crowd and for the crowd. Bezrat Hashem will be Shavuatov and Shabbat Shalom is getting close. Bezrat Hashem next week will be the same day, the same hour. Just keep listening to Jay Roots Radio. Bye-bye.